Morning, everybody. Wow. It's a warm morning, but it's going to get hotter. The Holy Spirit wants to do business with us. When I shared it last time I was up here, I think, when I get to preach, I always get excited in my heart about what God wants to do. Um, you know, people can teach or preach um, out of their history and understanding, and that's very legitimate. But for me, I always say, Lord, what do you want to say to us today? Because I believe God is on about our relationship being a living one in today. And a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not talking about today today, but in the last fortnight, as I was wandering along talking to the Lord one morning, I said, Lord, what is it that is the one thing that makes me as a Christian be different from anybody else? For people that know Jesus, what is the one thing that we have or is ours that the enemy can't counterfeit? He can't say, well, it's like that. And the Lord said to me, David, it's my peace. And I went, oh, that makes sense, Lord. Peace. A peace that comes from Jesus. Now, the enemy can counterfeit love. We hear all sorts of stories about what love is. We hear stories about, because then I said, well, Lord, that's part of the fruit of your spirit. He said, yes, but the enemy will try to paint love in a picture that says, this is what love is, and we sort of struggle with that, and it's part of the conversation in the, in the, in the nation today. And then joy, and people get excited and think it's real joy because they're having a great time, but it's not the kind of joy that comes from the spirit, but it's a kind of a joy that people say, see, I can have joy without Jesus. Peace. Yeah, that's another one. That's different. People can not find true peace without Jesus. There's all the other fruits of the Spirit, and we'll go through them a bit later. But the peace that Jesus brings is a serenity of soul. It's a stillness in your spirit that can come no other way. And so when the Lord said to me, my peace I give to you, and the world can't have that, but only those that know me. And so I just want to point your attention to John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus said these words, Peace I leave with you. And this is in the season, in the, in the days just before Jesus, Jesus' crucifixion. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus is speaking peace to the core of who we are and saying, I give you peace that you can't get any other way. And so that's the peace as part of the package that comes with the Holy Spirit when we speak of the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. And so the peace of Jesus is your defining difference as a Christian. And so... In talking about it to the Lord, I said, well, Lord, why do we not have that peace? And he said, well, this serenity of soul comes when we know Jesus, when we, he was talking, when you know me. And he said, the peace is a fruit of the Spirit when you're born again. But at that same time, the enemy does not want to leave us in peace. He doesn't want to have this because when we have that peace, we are easily and truly and then equipped to become 
ambassadors of Jesus. You see, we're not meant to reproduce ourselves in the earth. We're meant to reproduce Jesus in the earth. We're meant to bring Jesus to other people, not bring David or Chris or Fred or Henry or whoever. We're meant to bring Jesus to other people. And the only way we can bring Jesus to other people is to have Jesus in us. But do we represent Jesus well? Are we truly his ambassadors? And we'll look at that a little later. And the, the thing is that the enemy does not want us to have that peace. He, he targets us with his torment to drag us away from the place of peace that's rightfully ours in Jesus. So the thing that we need to recognize and not skip past is that there is a battle ranging around us, raging around us and for us that we can't live in that place of peace. The enemy doesn't want us to go. He doesn't want us to stay there. He does everything to mess with our lives so that we won't find that peace, so that we can't then be people walking out in that place of peace. <coughs> the thing that we need to understand is that this conflict in the spirit realm has a prize. That prize is you. You are the pearl of great price. Each one of you has been created to be in an image of Jesus and a personal relationship with God the Father. And what happens is the enemy does not want you to live in that place and the blessing that comes with that. You must not miss or discount that. As a Christian, for the best part of my early years, I didn't understand there was a battle going on in the heavens and or around me. I wasn't taught that. I was taught that I had to behave myself. I was taught what I had to do to be okay with God. <clears throat> I was taught all those things, but I wasn't taught that there was a battle that was happening in the heavens and around me <clears throat> that was trying to take me out of the game. And to take me out of the game simply is to disrupt my peaceful relationship with God. Because that is who you are meant to be and how you're meant to be in a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son. When we give our hearts to Jesus, we enter into that relationship and it's meant to be a relationship of serenity of soul. Now, I didn't know that. In fact, I didn't have serenity of soul. I was always having a fight about something. Should I have a drink? Should I have a cigarette? Should I dance? Should I do this? Should I do that? It was all about what I should or shouldn't do and I was in a battle over that and I didn't have peace in my spirit. Not until I realised that that wasn't what it was meant to be about but that was what the enemy kept wanting to talk to me about and I didn't know I was in a battle so I want you to know that you are in a battle <clears throat> that you're a prize but you're not meant to be passive princess in the battle you're meant to be warrior worker willing for Jesus in the battle okay male or female you're meant to be active in the battle not passive Winning for Jesus. The battle is a fight for the peace in your soul. Satan wants to kill off the fruitfulness that is meant to come from God to you and then through you. And to win this spiritual battle, you and I need to know who we are now in Christ and how you are meant to be in Christ. So when the battle's on, you go, hang on, I know who I am. And I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to take a left turn here. 
This morning the Lord just laid upon my heart two things. One was that this weekend we celebrate, we celebrate, we remember a hundred years ago the Australian light horse went into Beersheba and brought freedom into Israel. I think that is something that we need to understand what happened in the spirit. You see, this nation is called the great south land of the Holy Spirit. The Lord used young people, young men on horses in this nation to charge into battle, into the land of Israel and set freedom loose there. That is an awesome thing that's happened, not only in the natural, but there was a, a planting of the great south land of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, back into the earth at Beersheba a hundred years ago. And then freedom into Jerusalem. We need to say thank you, God, that you've given us as a nation the privilege of being a people of freedom, a people to bring your freedom into the earth. And there's something else we need to pray about. I believe that today there's an election being announced for our state. We need to ask God for his hand upon this election in this state. We need God's people to be running and ruling in this state. So can we pray about those two things? I know that's not in my notes, but I felt like the Lord said to do that. Father, I thank you that we are a small nation in the earth, but you use the small and the, 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 the ones that aren't famous to bring victories, Lord, in your name. And I thank you, Lord, that you saw fit to use young men from this nation, young people from this nation, Lord, to charge into the face of the enemy and to destroy the enemy's hold over a place that was meant to be free. And we thank you that we were part of that privilege. And Lord, I thank you that today we can have this battle in the spirit, that we can be people who are bold in the Holy Spirit because we know you, Jesus. We can be people who can step out into the darkness and we can declare victory over the works of darkness. And Lord, I thank you that you've given us the privilege to harass you in heaven, Lord, about the things that are messing with this earth. That you've given us, Lord, a calling in Jesus to be bold in the spirit. And so, Lord, we want to be bold now and ask, Lord, for your victory for this great state of Queensland. Lord, that when we come to the time of seeing your hand move, that we see your hand move and we bless what you do. And we ask, Lord, for wisdom for all those that will be going into the ballot box, Lord, that you will bring out your outcome. We trust you, we bless you, we honour you. And Lord, we give this upcoming election to you and ask for your hand to be upon it. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep praying. Keep praying for the Lord's hand upon the people of this state as we come to an election. So we're in a spiritual battle. We need to embrace the new paradigm of who we are in Christ Jesus and how God now sees you in Christ Jesus if you have your Bible turn to 2nd Corinthians 5 2nd Corinthians 5 verse 16 <clears throat> and I've got a note in my Bible I can't show you but it's down there written on the side I don't actually write a lot of notes in my Bible but I wrote down here the new life paradigm God's view of us in Christ Embrace this truth and live in it. The note was the 19th of August, 2012. I preached that five years ago in August, that message, out of that scripture. Somewhere, I don't know where it was, might have been here, it might have been somewhere else. But let me read you the words. This is the new life paradigm. This is who we are in Christ Jesus. This is how we're meant to be. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. 
Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. I'll just read on a bit because I want to finish uh, this chapter here. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Neil brought a word last week which was very clear, and he spoke about that very point, about the righteousness of God, being in right standing with God through what Jesus has done. And so the battle that the enemy wants to draw us into is is one where he denies the reality of that position, which is who we are in Christ Jesus right now for those of us that have given our hearts to Jesus. We need to embrace that new paradigm for a very, very good reason. Not only does it bring a sense of knowing who we are and we can live in that place of serenity. I love that word. The, do any of you know the movie The Castle? I love it when he's sitting by the lake with the power lines buzzing overhead and the, and the, and the, and the outboard roaring and the fumes. He says, ah, oh, the serenity. You see, there's truth in that. He, was, he had serenity of soul. It didn't matter what was going on around him. And that's how it's meant to be for Christians doesn't matter what's going on around us we're meant to have serenity of soul and he had it Dazza could sit there and have everything going on around him it didn't bother him ah the serenity you know that's what Jesus wants to give us that's what the father wants for us not a lake and overhead power pines and outboards but serenity of soul that's ours in Jesus and the reason the other reason once we have that is that then we can be ambassadors for Jesus and an ambassador is the highest representative of someone into another nation. And so Jesus is saying, be my ambassadors into the nation of those that don't know me. And we can't be that if we haven't, we can't be that in, in power without serenity of soul, without that peace. And so what's the enemy want to do? Mess with our peace. He wants to mess with our peace. So, how does he do that? Well, again, walking around the other day, I asked the Lord how this was happening, how the enemy robs us of our peace, and he said, David, it's like white ants. And I immediately remembered a very old commercial. Most of you probably aren't old enough to remember. Some of you are. There was a commercial by W.A. Flick and Company used to be on the radio and it went like this. If you've got white ants in the floor, borers in the door, silverfish galore, get a flick, man. That's your answer. Remember one flick and they're gone. Okay? So, yes. That ad was on radio when I was a boy and, and longer than that. And so I said, Lord, white ants? He said, yeah. 
He said, and you need to be the flick man. The white ants are the little nibblings that the enemy does away at the core truth of who Jesus is in us and what it is that comes from God to us by his spirit. The enemy comes in and he white ants. He eats from the inside. You see, I remember we bought an old house when I was a boy um, and it looked great on the outside, but when we walked in and we poked the wall, our fist went straight through it because it was full of white ants. And that was not unusual back 50 years ago, 60 years ago, because houses Mr Flick hadn't been. And there are, there are, there are white ants all over Australia. That's why in the, we were talking about it yesterday at prayer, that's why there's um, houses on stumps have, have metal caps at the top of the stump. It's to stop the white ants going up and into the, the house. And these days with cement slabs, there's supposed to be a treatment that's done when it's laid to stop white ants getting in and eating your house out. But the Lord was pointing to me about this and saying, this is how the enemy works. He gets in on the inside and nibbles away and you don't see it on the outside. You don't realise he's doing it. But what he's doing is he's nibbling away at your relationship with the Lord. He's saying, see, God let you down on that. That didn't happen the way you thought it should. Oh, yeah, God, what are you doing to me? And, and, and well, you know, Lord, that wasn't the way I thought it should be. And so the enemy goes on and on and on like that. And what he's doing is white anding or eating away at the core of our relationship with God. And he brings all that together. And the Lord said to me, David, there's a name for that. It's a spirit of disappointment. And that is what the enemy has placed over Christians to cause them to have their relationship with the Lord less powerful than it should be. And it causes us to lose our peace. We lose that serenity of soul because disappointment in our circumstances starts to eat away at our relationship with God because truly if God is our God, then we trust him, no matter what our circumstances. But the enemy wants to challenge that and he comes along and he eats away at it through relationships that don't work the way we think they should, through pictures and dreams that we've had. So unmet expectations, the enemy goes, See, God's let you down. And it, it eats at our peace and takes away the serenity of soul. The Lord showed me this is Satan's tactic. And so he attacks the fruit of our spirit, the fruit of his spirit in us. And so I said, Lord, what, what is he attacking? And the Lord said, well, look up, look up the fruit of the spirit and then look at it in the message beside it. So I'll just read it out to you. I nearly broke my cardinal rule and put this on a PowerPoint, but I didn't. So, the enemy eats at love. Now, in this, in, I'll run love, joy, peace, and I'll read what Peterson says in the message. You can read it yourself, but I put them down side by side. Love, affection for others. Now, as you hear these things, think about how the enemy has attacked you in these areas and has undermined the purpose of God in these areas. Joy, exuberance about life, peace, serenity, a disposition free from anxiety, patience, a willingness to stick at things, kindness, compassion in the heart, goodness, a conviction that there's a basic goodness in others, faithfulness, Loyal commitment to people and tasks. Gentleness. Not needing to force one's way in life. And self-control. 
able to marshal and direct one's energies wisely. In all of these things, we have a fight to the death with our enemy. He's wanting to white ant all of those things in our lives. That's what he does. And when we embrace other than God's word, God's dream, God's defined way, the enemy sows into us our own ideas and, and causes us with every good intent often to have a target or an aim or an ambition or a desire or a, a really good thing and it doesn't come out, we go, God, what are you doing to me? I know that was a good thing I wanted to do, God. I know there were people that I should have done this and thus for. The Lord says that wasn't, if you, if you bring, it, bring it down to the bottom line, that wasn't actually what I did ask you to do, David. I love your heart, but that wasn't from me. And so that hasn't quite come through because that wasn't the journey path I had you on. And so the enemy has once more tricked me into thinking I'm doing something for God when I wasn't. And so he's then dis I'm then disappointed because it didn't come out the way I thought it should. I go, Lord, this is confusing. I'm not that smart. I just think I hear you and I go with it. And the Lord said, there's, there's an antidote for that too. I love how God gives you the how to fix it. He really does. God gives us the how to fix it and all these things. The definition of disappointment is feeling let down, failure to meet the hopes and expectations that we set. It's a response to not getting what we thought we were going to get or needed. But, but, if we walk in a place, and this is, the, this is the umbrella that we're meant to walk under, and this is in Thessalonians, we'll read it in a minute. If you walk in a place of thanksgiving, and in the sovereign, in the understanding of the sovereignness of God, over all things, we are not disappointed. But we celebrate our living in concert with God's better plan for our lives. Now, you know, 20 years ago, I was worth $20 million. Today, I'm not worth $20. That's true. That's the fact of life. And the Lord told me when I was 20 years ago, when I had all that money, he said, David, I've got a plan for the rest of your life. And I thought, wow, this is going to be awesome, Lord. This is going to be just amazing. It's going to be all these things that I dream of and want to do. And I said, you're on, Lord, whatever you want. Well, I'm in a place now that I didn't I think I would be. But I still have joy and serenity, which is only because of God, totally only because of God. And I've learnt how to do that. And let me give you the key. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse something or other. I'll find it here in a minute. 18, that's it. Thanks, mate. I can't even find Thessalonians. I know it's in here. It's always been here. Here we go. Um, here we go. 18, 16, 17, 18. Three verses. In 16, be joyful always. 17, pray continually. 18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So no matter what the circumstance, no matter whether it looks brilliant or a disaster, we are invited by the word of God 
to say, Lord, I thank you that you are sovereign in this. I don't understand it, but I know you're good. I know you love me and I'm going to trust you no matter what. That is how we overcome disappointment because we don't let the circumstances dictate to our spirit, to our heart, to the core of who we are. The circumstances don't matter. What matters is what we sang, only Jesus. That's what matters. That's what matters. That's where the power is, the relationship with Jesus. Am I making sense here? Good, okay, that's important. It is important. So we give thanks that this is the will of God in and through Christ Jesus for you. So the will of God is that I would be thankful to the Father because I know Jesus and my circumstances don't really matter. That's what he's inviting me into. So Philippians 4 says it also, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Paul said it twice. He said rejoice, but I'm saying it again because your circumstances might want you to rejoice. Rejoice always, even if it looks horrible. Say, God, this looks horrible, but I trust you. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. That deals with the disappointment right up front. Doesn't give the enemy any ground to plant that distress in your heart. And you have serenity of soul. You really do. You can get it. It's there. It's real. I just want to read one of my commentaries that I sometimes use. Um, this is in the Thessalonians commentary, verse 18. It's, uh, this is a combination of a whole lot of very bright people who put it all together and there's a, there's a, a collection of commentaries that comes out this way. 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. A final member of this triplet for personal development, and he's saying the triplet being be joyful always, pray continually, and this part, give thanks, is give thanks in all circumstances. No combination of happenings can be termed bad for a Christian because of God's constant superintendence, Romans 8.28. We need to recognise that seeing aggravations are but a temporary part of a larger plan for our spiritual well-being. Out of this perspective, we can always discern a cause for thanks. In fact, failure to do this is a symptom of unbelief. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus justifies all three brief commands, rejoice, pray and give thanks. In Christ Jesus is a significant qualification of God's will because only there can inner motives be touched. Paul speaks about the Mosaic law and talks about the outward confirmation. That was me once. You know, I've got to be like this. I've got to do this. I've got to behave this way to be okay. Not so. In the new covenant, it's what happens inside me that matters. It could not dictate an inner attitude. The inner attitude, even though the, the external was an expression of God's will, the inner one is the one that brings us serenity of soul and connection to the Father. And just for a bit of extra, Philippians 4, um, da, 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 7. Having just given us a classic exhortation to pray, Paul attaches to it the beautiful promise that when we turn from anxiety to prayer and thanksgiving, God will give us his own peace. There it is. That peace that Jesus said, I'll give to you. Paul attaches it to this pray be joyful and be thankful in all circumstances. 
So, you know, I'm not, I'm not making it up. I just thought I'd tell you that. It's actually in the book and there are a lot of other people that have read the book and come to the same conclusion. So you can take it to the bank that this is a word from the Lord. This is a word from the Lord. And we fight back against the white ending of our peace. Disappointment is the nuclear warhead used to smash into our relationship with God to eat out our core of peace. I can't say it any more strongly than that. Disappointment is the, the massive power that the enemy comes and brings to your life and mine as a way of undermining the relationship that we're meant to have with Jesus. The antidote, be joyful always, pray without ceasing and be thankful in all circumstances. I like to practice that last one. When I'm driving somewhere and there's a car park, I like to go near the door and get one. You know, I, it's, it's my thing. I, I drive to the, the door at the supermarket and expect a car park. And I often get one. But if I don't and it's down the back or I've got to drive around the corner and I say, thank you, Jesus, I must have needed the exercise today. You know, it wasn't my expectation, but I know God's good to me, so there must have been a reason. So look at life like that. If you can do that, it brings a joy to your soul. It really does. You get excited because you're having this crazy journey with God. And we're meant all to have that. So if the car park isn't there and it's down the end of the road, it's like, okay, thanks, Lord, I must have done it. And even if it's raining, guess what happened to me the other day? I went up on the roof at Westfield, or I call it Westfield, uh, Strathpine Centre. And I got to the back door. I was there with Wendy. We were picking up some stuff for work. And it was pouring rain and my car was a little way away because when we got out and walked in, it wasn't raining. And I never take an umbrella anywhere. I'm one of those crazy people that expects the sun to shine all the time. Anyway, I'm standing at the door and it was teeming. And Wendy said, would it be good to have an umbrella? I said, yeah, it would have been good to have an umbrella. And this guy walks in the back door with a massive big Bunnings umbrella. And he said, here, mate. I said, what? He said, use this. I said, I'll bring it back. He said, no, I've got another one in the car. Stay dry. How cool is God, hey? He even brings an umbrella on a wet day. I think that's pretty awesome. True story, Wendy, isn't it? Yeah, see, I don't tell fibs. But in the last couple of weeks, this word of disappointment has really been on the Lord's heart. He's been speaking to me about it, showing me this as, as the enemy's major hit point into the Christian community. Often we get words given to us by well-meaning people and we hold them and we think they're from God and they may not be. But because they don't come about, we start going, God doesn't love me anymore. Why isn't he doing this? Just walk past that. It's not that God doesn't love you. God does love you. That's a given. The word we only know in part. We only see in part. So if someone gives you a prophetic word, it's meant to actually confirm something that God has spoken to you, not something that's going to ignite a new thing in you. Let me just say that. If God hasn't spoken to you and someone gives you a prophetic word, question the prophetic word. Say, look, thank you. I'll hold that. I'll let, let's see what God does with it. It should be a confirming word, not a whole new world to you. But in the last couple of weeks, this, this word of disappointment, the Lord just keeps saying to me, there's a spirit. It's like this massive web of stuff that he's just called a spirit of disappointment. Anyway, as I was preparing my notes in my head, um, I, uh, on, on Friday, Friday morning, Wendy sent me a, uh, an email very early. 
and it was an email of the Elijah list, which is a, an emailed out list of, uh, of prophetic words that come through people in America. And the theme was disappointment. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Thanks, Lord. Later in the day on Friday, Carol sent me a message on messengers. She said, have a look at this. Because I mentioned I was going to speak about this thing that I felt the Lord wanted to take off the church and off the people, off all of us, which is what we're going to do when we're finished. So we're not just talking about it. We're going to deal with it today. And, and, and it was a word from a lady called Lana Vorza, who is, has a prophetic ministry and writes across Australia and, and the US. Her word for the, that she was saying the Lord wanted to address, disappointment. So it's not just here. God is speaking this word across the earth right now to his church saying, get rid of disappointment. Get it off. Get rid of it. Because it's robbing you of the serenity of soul that I want for you, God is saying. In that place of serenity of soul, we can deal with anything that comes along. And I know there are families in this church right now that have massive issues they're dealing with. Relationship issues, all sorts of stuff. And the enemy wants to use the circumstance to rob them of their serenity, to rob them of their peace. And some of the circumstances are horrible. But the Lord says, come to me and be joyful even in the middle of the crazy circumstance. Pray, keep asking me to fix it. Keep asking me to get in the middle of it. Keep asking me to deal with it. And part of that praying continually is also to tell the enemy to get out of it. We have that authority as Christians. And then give thanks when the car parks a long way away. So, Lord, how do we do this? How do we come at it the right way? Well, again, the Lord said, it's all there. You have the mind of Christ. Oh, yeah, so I do. It's scriptural. I have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. So let me live in the wisdom of the mind of Christ, Lord, not in my own wisdom. Duh. Does that make sense? No matter how well educated or how poorly educated, how well experienced or poorly experienced we are, once we give our heart to Jesus, we have the mind of Christ. That is awesome. We should celebrate that, shouldn't we? Yeah, yes, we should. We should celebrate that. And say, Lord, let the mind of Jesus which you've given me be my wisdom, not my own brilliance. Wipe that away. Get that out of the road. Lord, I want to walk in the revelation of the mind of Jesus. And when I walk like that, I see what's going on in the spirit. I see that the enemy is wanting to bring these deflecting arrows of judgment, of darkness, and wants to take our mind away from the mind of Jesus. He wants to have us work it out. He wants to give us a plan. And we go, oh, we get, you know, we get drawn off. You know, we get drawn off onto a track. And we go, oh, wow, look at this. Aren't we clever? Haven't we worked this out for ourselves? Yeah, we have. Usually ends up in disaster. Sometimes not. Sometimes not. Sometimes there's a win on the way. The enemy lets us have a win. So he sucks us further down the road and then he drops the boom on us. Because we haven't used the mind of Christ in the journey. Is this speaking to you? Because all of you should have the wisdom to know that that is the mind of Christ. Because you have the mind of Christ. Make you feel good? I hope so. You have the mind of Christ. The plans that the enemy brings will deliver disappointment when they're not realised. The break 
up and the breakdown of our relationship with God begins. But today, this is what I want to bring to you. Don't be a passive princess in the battle. Reject passivity. Two, embrace God's will afresh for you in Christ Jesus. Three, be delivered from a spirit of disappointment and its tentacles of fruit-eating activities. And four, ask for the mind of Christ to become your wisdom. Now, who wants that? Say them again. Reject passivity. Embrace God's will afresh for you in Jesus. It's already there, but just say, yeah, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that place rather than the other stuff. Three, be delivered from a spirit of disappointment and its tentacles of fruit-eating activities. It wants to eat away at that core of who we are in the spirit. And four, ask for the mind of Christ to be your wisdom. They're the four things that I believe the Lord wants to deal with today. Then we can enter into this amazing serenity of the peace in your soul that is yours as a gift of God for you that cannot be experienced in any other way. Make sense? Didn't make sense. Okay. I'll start again. Would you like to say it made sense or not? I'll start again. Yeah, no. I, I think... <laughs> That's an old school teacher's trick, isn't it? You didn't hear it, I'll do it all again. Um, it, I want you to hear it in here. It's a, it's a message for your soul. It's a message for your spirit. It's who, you, it's who God says you are and how we're meant to be. And we're meant to be free. We're meant to live in this place of serenity. No matter what. And the Lord wants us to walk into it afresh today. And, and the big thing is that we can and we have authority to get rid of this spirit of disappointment. Not only over ourselves personally, but over the church and over the nation. I think we can start to call for that to come off the nation. Now, it won't come off the people that don't know Jesus. It will come off the Christians in this nation. I think it's meant to be the same way that we're called to be ambassadors of Jesus. We can be ambassadors of Jesus in the spirit for those that are outside of the, the fellowship. But most importantly, we're loving one another by asking for the victory over the spirit of disappointment and that we will be released into the wisdom of the mind of Christ. There's so much more life than what we have around us when we have Jesus. He is the core. He is He is. Here's why I get up every morning and celebrate. That photo we put up of a sunrise when Scott said it this morning, I was in my study early this morning just looking through my notes, which I wrote yesterday. But as I looked out, there was a cloud and the sun was behind it and I went like, wow, Lord. And that's the photo I took, the one that we put up there before. If it's up there, you can stick it up again. I'll just explain it to you. The thing was that the, the, the sun had been up for a while by then, but there was a cloud across the front of it. But as I watched, and I could see the sun behind the clouds, and as I watched, the sun broke through the clouds, and I said, Lord, thank you. The darkness cannot overcome the light. The light came through the darkness. That's creation speaking God's word. Scott mentioned it. The Lord had already shown it to me this morning in a photo, and I felt it was... See, they're the things that, goes on, that, go, that, that go... They're the things that go on when we're walking together in the Spirit. I took a photo thinking something. Scott got up and said something without knowing I had a photo. But the two things are the same thing. You'd be amazed how many things that God has spoken to different people in the room here today. And you say it to someone, they go, oh, God told me that too. You know, we need to share God's stuff. 
Anyway, I don't want to start another sermon. And you don't want me to either. So if you want to, and I'll walk those things through again, if you want to, I'll read them out again, and if they are for you, I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to pray. And then after that, there are some words of knowledge. But if you want to reject passivity in this battle that we're all in, if you want to take up and be a warrior willing to work, fight for Jesus, if you want to reject passivity, if you want to embrace God's will afresh for you in Jesus, if you want to be delivered from this spirit of disappointment, which operates and has been operating and will not leave you alone because that's what the enemy uses and ask for the mind of Christ to be your wisdom. If those four things are for you, I invite you to stand because I want to pray for them now. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who I stand with them, Lord. And I declare that today, Lord, that we have a fresh revelation from you of how good you are, how awesome you are, Father. And Jesus, that you said as you were leaving this earth, you wanted to leave for us your peace, a serenity of soul that can only come by listening to and walking with you, Lord. And Lord, the enemy, he's come and he wants to continue to eat away at our relationship with you by continuing to sow discontent and distress and bring disappointment in our journeying with you. Lord, where things have been robbed from us and we blame you for it, we are so sorry. Because Lord, you've said you're sufficient and the things around us don't make up for that sufficiency because all sufficiency is found in you. Lord, thank you even for the times when we feel like we've gone past the end of the rope. You never let us down. You never let us go. Lord, thank you that you are wanting to bring alive in us today a fresh understanding of your will for us to be children in your kingdom, full of the Spirit. And Lord, that we can today see ourselves step out from the hold of disappointment and Lord, we would then ask that the mind of Jesus would become our wisdom. And so Lord, we, we, we thank you that this is your invitation today. And Lord, now we say yes to all of that. We say yes to that for each of us. And so Lord, we can now declare that into the heavens, Lord, that the enemy's sowing of disappointment and that spirit of disappointment, Lord, I know we have authority to tell it it's done. Its day is done its effect and power in our lives is over because we have refreshed our heart and spirit in line with your word this morning. And so I declare in the name of Jesus, I speak as an ambassador of Jesus Christ into the other kingdoms. And I say the kingdom of Jesus Christ is the kingdom of God here on earth. And I say to all spirits of disappointment, and attached spirits, all the tentacles of disappointment that have been released against the children of God. I say to you, spirit of disappointment, off and be gone in the name of Jesus. No more can you hold our hearts, minds or spirits captive to your lies. We declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and we declare that we are children of the Father and he loves us and your lies 
and, and leadings towards disappointment are no longer given space in our mind or our heart because we have embraced the mind of Jesus. And you know, darkness, you know, enemies of Jesus, that that is a victorious mind. It has overcome all of your plans. And we take his plans into our hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you that the spirit of disappointment can no longer hold us captive in our communion and relationship with you. And so, Holy Spirit, come alive right now into everyone that has prayed that and declared that and agreed with that. That, Lord, you would draw our mind into this communion with you in a way that it's not been before. That we can see your wonderful, sovereign, awesome love for us, which is sufficient for all things in all circumstances, Lord, that we can be joyful in the middle of disasters as the world would see it because we see you as sovereign God who loves his children. Give us that perspective, Lord. Refresh us in that. Give us that understanding. Holy Spirit, release in us the wisdom of the mind of Jesus today that we would start to think the way Jesus wants us to think, not be led astray into the thinking of the darkness, even though he masquerades as an angel of light, that we wouldn't be sucked away from the real truth of your word, Lord. Thank you that your word is clear, Lord. Thank you that has made it clear to us in ways that bring life and freedom to us. And so, Lord, whenever we say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, we say it for ourselves as well as for the others around about. So, Lord, set your people free today, free into this new journey of excited life with you, Lord, where we find the true peace, the true serenity of soul. And, Lord, when that becomes disturbed, help us to realise that the enemy is trying to have a go at us, that we say, get away from me, get away from me, Satan, get away from me, all attendance of Satan, get away from me, spirit of, active, uh, spirit of disappointment, get away from me. I want to hold hands with no one but Jesus. Help us to be in that place, Lord, and help us to live in that place of serenity of soul, no matter what the circumstances, that people would be drawn to your love and power, Jesus, through us every day. And the people that agreed said, Amen.